Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, friends. It's me. I'm back. I am. <laughs> I have some new hardware in my body, which is exciting. This is uh, my first podcast that I will be recording in the hospital. I don't know when I'm leaving, so I can't promise that this will be the only one recorded in the hospital, but I figured it was time. I'm feeling a lot better. I want to get started on kind of recapping what's going on in my life and maybe share some things that I like before I had a big injury, I had no idea about <laughs> anything to do with injuries. Um, I'd had small injuries before, but I think that the idea of a big injury is almost scarier than what actually happened. So I want to just go through kind of the whole like the crash itself and the process of me getting um, from Val to the hospital. Basically, if you don't know what happened, I crashed in our second World Cup of the year in Val d'Isere in the, well, I crashed like between the last gate and the finish line and um, yeah, had a bit of a nasty crash and broke a lot of bones and (laughs) did some damage, but we're doing well now. And I think if you guys are interested, this is like stuff that I never knew before getting injured and it kind of it might change your perspective a little bit on injuries. Obviously, this is 100% just my experience. Um, I cannot speak for anyone else because I'm sure that there are injuries a lot worse than mine and things that don't go the same way that mine did. But yeah, I just wanted to share my experience and maybe go through what happened and hopefully it can make it a little less scary for some people. I know that watching crashes and like seeing your friends and teammates and stuff, or I don't know, people you watch on TV, seeing them crash and like look like they're in pain can be so terrifying. And I want to share the experience from my perspective because I think it will make it less scary, hopefully. (laughs) Okay. So basically I'm just going to start from like the last moment in the course that I remember so my run in Val d'Isere my race run had been kind of sketchy the whole way down I was like really trying to push myself and push my line but I wasn't super confident on my skis so I think I was getting pushed around a lot by the course and the bumps and it had been like the snow was really hard. It was really icy on some turns. And so naturally our skis are way sharper to deal with that ice. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It had just been kind of like a full on run. And in the training run, coming into the finish area, um, I had kind of just high tucked through the last couple gates into the finish because I just remember them being it being scary into the finish in the past like the last time I did it I remember the finish being really sketchy and so I kind of just was in like a high tuck I was already planning on stopping like while I was still in the course so oh my gosh my nurse walked in while I was recording and asked if she could have two postcards for her um her sons (laughs) anyways um okay so yeah, the run was sketchy 
and the finish was I knew was going to be sketchy so but in the race I wasn't really thinking about it I was thinking about like okay all the way to the finish like talk as hard as you can you can do this so I kind of like I guess didn't really think about the fact that in the training run I had like just high tucked through the finish and then in the race I was full tuck like as low as I could go and if you know the Valdezair track like the finish is kind of in a turn and not it kind of falls away from you to the right but also there's little compressions and coming into the last literally the last gate that you just normally have to sneak past I hit the compression a little bit and I didn't get like I wasn't out of control but I got a little bit squished and it made me have to do a bit of a recovery move and then my edges just both edges caught and I went down (laughs) but I will say okay so now we're getting into the crash but when it happened um so like immediately when it happened I felt something go in my leg in my left leg I was like okay something's seizing up here (laughs) like you I could feel that something was wrong right away and then as I was crashing I just closed my eyes and I don't remember anything I don't remember like tumbling. I don't remember what happened. All I remember is that one minute I was in the course and then I opened my eyes when I had stopped moving and I looked down and I could see my leg was just like not at the right angle. I could see the top of um, my tib fib basically was like dislocated from my knee so I knew something was wrong and that's when the pain hit um yeah like I immediately felt my leg and it was I will say like in the moment I know it was incredibly painful um I remember like screaming and asking for help but trying to relive it now I have no recollection of the pain which is kind of interesting because I and it's also really nice (laughs) because I think if I could relive that pain I think it would be a lot scarier but the fact that I just know that I was in pain makes it a lot more like comforting (laughs) and I want everyone else to know that like yes the pain was really bad in that moment but now it doesn't like haunt me it doesn't I can't like feel what it felt like um hopefully that makes sense but anyway so I was lying there I like my leg was all mangled (laughs) and luckily like I mean I was in the finish area which optimal place to crash if you're gonna crash because there were people at me immediately I think Andy the like head of fitness (laughs) for women's uh, racing was there right away he was there trying to help me holding my leg Um, the medics were there right away my coach luckily had been videoing from pretty low down on the course. So he was able to get to me right away. And I know I was in a lot of pain, but everything was happening like in slow motion. And I remember like my coach showed up and all I could think of was like, just get my goggles off my head, please. Like I can't see they're fogging up, get my goggles off, like unbuckle my boots. <laughs> I was probably being such a little ugh, pain in the butt. Like I'm like, ordering people around meanwhile I'm like delusional to the fact that my leg is just like so broken um anyways so um I was never unconscious I never I don't think I hit my head very hard because and if I did 
Um, I don't remember, but I like was lucid right away when I stopped crashing and I was lucid the whole time um, until they gave me in the finish area. I think probably because I was screaming so loud, which if you listen, I'm so sorry. Um, that was me like purely trying to get people's attention to come help me because I've crashed before where I've been in like awkward positions and you don't know how bad a crash is until you're with them. And I was just genuinely scared. No one was going to like rush to me. So that was me trying to get the attention of like the medics and the people to like tell them that, yeah, I need help right now. So, um, apologize for that, but I was lucid and when they finally got like all the medics to me and everyone was there, I don't really know what was happening during this. I was just like, trying to stay conscious because the pain was so bad but um they gave me a shot of ketamine in the finish and I will tell you I like I'm a professional athlete it's not I'm not doing drugs I don't like I'm not a super experimental person I am like like to be very in control of my brain and so (laughs) to be on ketamine like that was unbelievable like it was so surreal because I I didn't like really black out but I was having an out-of-body experience like I couldn't feel my body at all which thank god because then they had to like put my leg into the stretcher and um but I have been watching previous to this I'd been watching Grey's Anatomy a lot and I genuinely believed I was in a Grey's Anatomy episode like I had no idea that I was a ski racer I thought I was in the Grey's Anatomy episode and I thought that like all this was happening as like an out-of-body experience it was so funny and then um the initial like hit wore off and that's when I think I was getting carted out of the finish area and towards a ambulance and that's when I saw like my parents and I was trying to comfort them a little because I'm sure it was just absolutely terrifying to watch so I was like oh mom dad like I saw my friends I was trying to say hi like I'm fine don't worry it's just my leg it's gonna be okay and um <laughs> they meanwhile they're probably like oh my gosh our poor child um so they Get, get me in the ambulance and then we get ambulanced to the like I want to call it a ski patrol hut but it was like a little container thing and we're in the container and that's when they like start cutting um the legs off my suit and they finally take my helmet off I was like Thomas you need to get my helmet off like I cannot deal with this anymore <laughs> um and so that is when they gave me another shot of something because that's when they had to take my boots off, which is insane to me that like, uh, I mean, just thinking about the angle my leg was at and then them pulling my boot off is so disgusting. But anyways, they got my boots off. Um, they, yeah, they set my leg so that it was like stable and that's when they were checking my pulse to see my pulse in my foot and they couldn't feel um the pulse so they that's when they started to panic I think because once you can't feel like I don't know I mean I didn't really know about any of this but you have arteries right in the back of your legs and if you cut those arteries there's like a really high chance that you lose 
part of your leg because that the blood flow is gone. Okay, yesterday got crazy. For some reason, as soon as I sat down to talk about this, I had like nurses in here. My mom came home. It was just chaos. So I'm going to continue the story. But if I get a little bit repetitive, that's why, because this is a day later and I'm just trying to jump right back in. But yeah, so we're talking about the pulse in my foot. That's when I went from the little like ski patrol clinic thing and they put me into the helicopter (laughs) I had been holding my coach's hand the whole time because it's I don't know if it's like I think I was just really scared like I didn't understand what was happening I was on drugs so I like couldn't feel the pain and I didn't feel like a lot of I I don't know I didn't feel a lot of anything but I was definitely scared and so I was holding his hand so tight and then when they wheeled me from the ski patrol to the helicopter, that was when they told me that he wasn't allowed to come with me. And I just absolutely lost it. I was like so upset because I was already scared. And then to have the like one person who not only is not on drugs, but like actually knows who I am. All these doctors were just had no, like they didn't know me. They basically asked what my name was to my coach and then (laughs) sent me into this helicopter. So I was quite freaked out at that point. And luckily, the helicopter doctors were so incredibly nice. They let me hold their hand the whole time over. Um, Anytime I had pain, they they were talking to me, trying to calm me down. And it was quite, it felt like a long helicopter ride. I don't know how long it actually was, but felt like we were in that thing forever. And it was... A helicopter so it's shaking and my leg was just like shaking and I could feel it um I couldn't feel the pain but I could feel how weird it felt so anyways we get to that hospital and at that point I think the like intense drugs had worn off and they were just like maybe put it pumping me with morphine at this point I have no idea but um I wasn't in pain necessarily it was definitely weird feeling but then they put me in the pre-op section and <laughs> these nurses are all trying to talk to me in French and I'm like out of it, number one, and number two, don't speak French. <laughs> so I am like lying in this bed and they're going over, they're starting to cut parts of my suit off me. They're like talking about like taking my hair out of my elastics and stuff because they needed to put me into the MRI machine. And so they um or the ct i can't remember i think maybe it was just a ct but they are trying to take my earrings out and i have like 10 ear piercings like and they're really a lot of them are tiny earrings so you can't see them super well so i'm like double checking my ears trying to like taking out earrings for them and um then right before surgery i'm like lying in bed and I was like looking at the nurse. I was like, okay, how long have I been here? Like, how long do you think it was since I left Valdezere asking? And she was like, it's probably been around three hours. And I was like, okay, well, the drive from Valdezere here is like around three hours. So can I borrow someone's phone and call my parents? (laughs) Because I want to make sure they know I'm going into surgery. Um, And so they give me one of their phones. And my parents had just walked into the hospital, ironically. And so... The nurse that was with me went out and met them and got them like whatever in their little surgery kits so that my parents could see me on my way 
to surgery <laughs> as we're like being rolled to the surgery room we stop and I say hi to my parents and I'm talking to them and all of a sudden I get so incredibly nauseous like <laughs> I was like, I can't, I'm, I'm going to throw up like right now. And so my mom quickly grabs a little bowl and puts it under my mouth. And I just like throw up like thinking about it. It's probably so terrifying for them. Like they haven't seen their kid in like a few hours. All they know is I'm being rushed because of vascular problems. And then all of a sudden I just like puke into her hands. Um, I think this is the trauma laughing, but anyways, so I go to surgery wake up. I have no idea where I am. Um, the next day I wake up and they tell me that I have a huge metal fixator, so I can't move. Um, like don't try to move my leg at all. And I was like, holy shit. Okay. So, (laughs) um, I don't think I even looked at the fixator for like probably until the end of that day. I think the end of, oh no, it must've been earlier than that because my friends like some of the French boys text me and they're like are you in Grenoble like we're it's on our way to where we're going to train can we come see you and I was like oh awesome like (laughs) I'm probably not going to get many visitors here so may as well say yes and it was so funny we like they came and kept me company for a few hours and I don't know we were all just like staring at my leg basically the whole time because the fixator was then showing and Um, after they left, I started to get a lot of pain in my knee and in my lower leg. Like it felt like my skin was going to explode. It was so gross feeling. And they had put in a nerve block so that I couldn't really feel much in my leg. But all of a sudden I got the craziest pressure and I was like, mom, my leg's going to explode. Like, I'm so scared. We need to, you guys, like we need a doctor. And for timing, like just so you guys get the timeline of this, this is on Sunday. And I don't know (laughs) if anyone in the US and Canada is like fully aware of this, but on Sunday, that's like Europeans don't work on Sundays. Like everything is closed usually. And the hospital in Grenoble was kind of the same. Like I think I had one nurse for the whole floor. She wasn't really checking, like she's busy. Like she had other patients. So, um, I had people around me, so they obviously weren't checking on me that much. And I got this crazy pain in my legs and it was like so uncontrollable and it hit so fast that even they tried to give me a painkiller and I was like shaking on the table. Like I was like, okay, this is not okay. Like it, I can't feel anything anymore. Like it's just feels so full. And so finally, um, the doctor, comes in and like looks at my leg and is like oh shit okay here we go and like I kid you not I think like the time it was probably an hour total from when I started feeling the pain to when I was in pre-op and luckily I hadn't eaten I think that all I ate that day was maybe a little bit of breakfast but I was like kind of fresh out of surgery not hungry So they rush me down and all of a sudden I'm back on the operating table and I was so scared. Like, okay, this, this surgery I was really scared for because I could feel it and I was so scared that something was going to go wrong, like that I had done something wrong and now my leg was like not going to be okay. Um, so I got on the surgery bed and 
right before they put me to sleep, like I was fully crying, like bawling my eyes out because I was just so scared. I don't even think I could feel the pain anymore. I was just scared. And I, the nurse like looks me in the eye and is like, you just need to think some happy thoughts and it's going to be okay. And so it's kind of what I tried to do. I thought some happy thoughts and then they put me to sleep and I woke up and my leg was fully covered in bandages with the fixator out. (laughs) Um, yeah. So then it's Monday morning. So I had the surgery Sunday, like I think it was at 7 PM or something. And then Monday morning I wake up and I was like, wow, my leg feels so incredibly weird. Um, what is going on? And they tell me that I had developed compartment syndrome really quickly. And I, before the crash, like I was very aware of compartment syndrome because I have seen so many athletes get it from lower leg injuries and it happens so fast. So that was something I was concerned about the whole time. Like when, even right away when I crashed in the finish, I was telling my coach like, unbuckle all my boots. I don't want compartment syndrome. (laughs) And I was like telling all these doctors, like, I don't want compartment syndrome. I don't want it. And meanwhile, they're like, homegirl, your boots are off. Like there's nothing constricting your leg right now. It's just the blood. Um, so they like cut two incisions basically from my knee down to my ankle on both sides. So on like the, uh, whatever outside and inside, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. And they cut the fascia. So, but they don't, um, because there was so much pressure, they couldn't um, they couldn't sew the skin back up once they had cut the fascia. So they had attached these little like bungees, basically. Imagine like when you're a little kid and you get running shoes that have the elastic shoelaces. That is what was on my legs, <laughs> holding the skin together. Um, not together though, like just slightly apart, like, I don't know, a couple centimeters apart. So, um, whatever. I wake up and I have this full bandaged leg. Um, they keep trying to, so each on Monday after the surgery, they were like, okay, we need to clean the dressings. And, um, I was like, okay, whatever. It's fine. But I didn't really realize how painful it was going to be. So they brought in the laughing gas and I've never had laughing gas before. And I kid you not, they put the laughing gas on me and I was lying on the table. They're like picking up my leg, you know, they're just like swinging it around, basically cleaning the wounds and stuff. Okay. They weren't actually, but in my head, it felt like they were. And I'm having, taking this laughing gas and all of a sudden I'm like envisioning myself just dying on the table. (laughs) And so I like pull the laughing gas off and like, experience full-on pain like everything that's going on is all of a sudden happening (laughs) so I put the laughing gas back on and I'm just lying there like trying to get through it um and then we did we got through it it was fine and later that day we got told okay she's going to be transferred to Austria to Graz because the break in my leg was so complicated and they didn't have the proper they basically, their top surgeons were like, we, this is not something that we are, um, comfortable with. (laughs) Like I'm sure they could have done it, but I appreciate the fact that they wanted me to go somewhere that like specializes in these kinds of complicated surgeries. 
So um, they did a great job with the vascular stuff. They made sure that I kept my leg. They got the fixator. Everything, they like, whatever, saved the compartment syndrome. They did their job. And so Monday I found out I was going to get transferred on Tuesday to Graz. And so Tuesday morning I wake up and they change the bandages again. And I'm hopped up on laughing gas just like, absolutely tweaking I hate laughing gas I don't think I will ever ask for it again or want it again and then that's when my journey started they took me in the ambulance I think it was for like half an hour ambulance to the airport and then we got in a teeny little plane and the plane ride was like an hour and a half I think and then when we landed it was like another 20 minute ambulance ride so it was a full day got to Graz. We moved into the new, the new, I was going to say hotel, (laughs) the new hospital. And it was great. Like the nurses were so, so nice. Everyone was so kind to me. They could tell that I was just like, had been through the ringer and I didn't even realize it. Like, I guess I had just been on so many drugs. I had been in so many surgeries. Everything was so wigged out with me that By the time I got here, I was just like, please just take me for surgery. (laughs) Like I've had enough. Um, So that's when they basically told me that, okay, we're going to take you for surgery on Thursday. It's going to be a complicated, long surgery. So I had to have meetings with like the anesthesiologist because it, they knew it was going to be long and they wanted to make sure that I was going to be comfortable and be comfortable when I woke up. (laughs) so Thursday rolls around I go for surgery in the morning they were so nice they um they booked me for the first surgery of the day which if you've ever had major surgery where you have to get a general anesthesia it's the worst when they book you in the afternoon because you can't eat you have to start fasting at like midnight and then you can't eat and then you get the surgery and then you wake up and you're not hungry because you're just nauseous or maybe that's just me. But anyways, (laughs) um, so we get to, I get into my surgery. Um, yeah, it went really well. They were, all the surgeons were super happy. They said it was a great success. Um, I woke up and then I got put, taken to the ICU for, um, a week. Yeah. It was basically exactly a week. And then I, yeah, that's where my stay at the ICU started. But I am going (laughs) to, I'm going to talk about all of my experiences in the hospital and rehabbing in future episodes. This was strictly just to kind of go over the crash and my experience. And I think that the biggest like advice that I could give to any young athlete or athlete who is either going through an injury or is scared of injuries is they happen. You can't control when they happen and just know that, yeah, you'll probably feel some pain, but it doesn't last very long. It doesn't last forever. And you get so tough from your sport that I think that this, the pain is not the biggest worry like you can deal with pain, pain comes and goes, but I think everyone's maybe biggest fear is the time that they have to take away from their sport. And for me, yeah, that's definitely something on my mind. Like I'm, I'm 26. The Olympics are in 
two years. And that's something that I really have had my heart set on trying to, (laughs) trying to qualify for. So I understand I have a timeline and I have goals that I'm setting, but I'm also not attaching myself to those goals. Like the big picture is I want to have a knee and a leg that are going to last me for the rest of my life. And I'm not going to sacrifice my quality of life or also my potential future in ski racing just to get an extra couple months of skiing in. So that is um, what I would say. It's injuries happen, accidents happen. I've, (laughs) I know people who break their legs walking down the street or slipping on ice or falling in the shower. Like there's so many things out of our control that I, on one hand, am, I'm glad that if I was going to get injured, I got, I did it doing something that I am like truly passionate about and love. And on the other hand, you know what? That's life. We all, there's ups and downs. We have to learn how to overcome these things. And I'm really taking it as an opportunity to pursue some projects that I maybe wouldn't have otherwise been able to, to uh, work on myself, do some self growth. I don't know. There's there's so many ways that I can try to convince everyone that like I'm fine with the injury and I'm I'm honestly not I don't feel like oh god, why did this happen to me or s- mad that it happened to me. I think that it happens. It is what it is. It could have been so much worse. It could have um I've been incredibly lucky up until this point with injuries and yeah, I mean I'm going to do everything in my power to come back stronger mentally, physically. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that something like this doesn't happen again. But also, you know, you can't control everything. So, okay, you guys have listened to me talk for long enough and I've made my point. (laughs) But I have lots more podcasts coming now to kind of go over stuff that I've been going through some of the things I've been thinking about and hopefully I can get some more interviews going because now that my schedule is wide open I can adapt more to other people (laughs) I really want to bring some more cool girls on and I don't know maybe we'll even have a couple guys special appearances but thank you so so much for listening I hope this episode was a little bit helpful or insightful maybe it was terrifying I don't know I (laughs) feel like my my version of reality is so skewed at this point but thank you so much for listening and supporting me and I will see you in the next episode bye thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.